It's May 17, 2022. My name is Jimmy Van, and it is time to know your news tonight. My guest is the co-host of the NXT Sour Graps post show at Fightful.com. She's also the co-host of the Get the Flick Out of Here show at KnowYourNews.com. And she's the founder of an integrated communications firm called On Deck IC for bands, brands, and athletes. Her name is Kate Elizabeth. Kate, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Jimmy? I'm doing good. I got to tell you, I might call you Miss Elizabeth on occasion as a throwback to my wrestling fandom. That is so, what I was going for with the little <laughs> rebrand I did. <laughs> Who better uh, to compare myself to, right? Absolutely. My She was my first crush. I have no problem denying or uh, admitting that. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you about 10 of the top news stories of the week that are funny, stupid, and weird. I'm going to get your reactions, and uh, I'm going to ask you questions along the way. Now, for our viewers and listeners, if you'd like to contribute and have your statement or question read on the air, go to kynchat.com, leave a donation of any size, and your statement or question will be read on the next edition of Know Your News Tonight. Or if you prefer, it can be read on one of our other podcasts, including Get the Flick Out of Here with Kate and Alex, or on As Told By with Will Washington and Spokey. All right, Kate, you ready to go? Absolutely. Let's start with story number 10 reported by WGME 13 News. So Kate, have you ever lost something that you really needed, you know, a phone charger or something? You knew you had it, you couldn't find it, you looked everywhere for it, drove you nuts. I think we've all experienced it. Have you had a recent experience with something like that? Um, I have ADHD, so that happens to me all the time. <laughs> yes. Okay, well then you're going to you're going to be able to relate to the to some of the people in the story. So police in Belfast, Maine, they were called to a hotel called the Admiral Ocean Inn to remove a drunk guy from the property. Uh, they arrived, they found the man, his name was uh, Philip DeLude, and they got him to leave. A few hours later, Mr. DeLude returned to the hotel, so the police were called again. This time, though, Mr. DeLude thought he was going to be clever. See, he knew that the cops were on their way, and he thought, I'm going to hide from them. You know, kind of like that phone charger. He's not going to make it easy on the cops. They're going to have to look for him. Fortunately, the police were able to find him. Any idea where Mr. DeLude ended up hiding? In, in a hotel? I'm going to say he just hid in his own bed. Uh, he sat in a chair right out front with a blanket over him. Julie, you got the picture? <laughs> there it is! This really happened. This really happened. So I got to ask you kind of a related thing. As a kid, were you good at hide and seek? I was pretty good at hide and seek. I had like a somewhat cinematic childhood. So we would play like usually pick up baseball games by day. And then by night, it was like a, a neighborhood wide game of manhunt, which was, I mean, essentially hide and seek in the dark. Uh, I got really good at it because as outspoken as loud as I am now, I am a little sister and my older sister uh, was the loud one that made a lot of noise and would get found pretty quickly. So I knew her well enough to know that I could like almost alley-oop myself away from wherever she was. If I'm hiding at the opposite end of something, I had a good chance of, of hide and seek survival for sure. Did you just say your sister was the loud one that made a lot of noise? Believe it or not. Yeah. I was fascinating. Like, I was pretty timid until <laughs> like probably high school when I started to come into my own. And now we just both make a lot of noise. That's not like something that faded from her, but I just kind of blossomed a little later in that regard. <laughs> well, 
I'm going to make a bold prediction, and my bold prediction is that Philip Delude from uh, Belfast, Maine, sucked as shit at hide and seek as a kid. I'm going to predict that he was always found first. Yeah, for those of you who are listening in podcast form, it was just a picture of him with literally a sheet over him sitting outside, outside the hotel, <laughs> like like a toddler trying to play hide and seek. I can't even give that like you know seven to eight years old. You're better at it at that point, but. Yeah, like an, an errant ghost Halloween costume of some sort that he was wearing. <laughs> Maybe that's what he thought. Maybe he's thought, oh, they can't see me now. I'm a ghost now. They can't see me. I'm invisible. Maybe he's a big Harry Potter fan. He was just like, this is my shroud. Perfect. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's move on to story number nine reported by the smoking gun. Honest question for you, Kate. Have you ever been arrested? Have there been any law breaking stories at all that you care to admit? I have never been arrested. The only time I was in the back of a cop car was because of a car accident. Uh, and my parents weren't picking up the phone. So they were kind enough to drive me back to my parents' place. But never any run-ins with the law for me. Who was driving when you had that car accident? Uh, I was. But it was a situation where the car in front of me had stopped really short. And I just, just hit the back. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Head. Okay. So Tammy sits. you were not. I was not. No, I've never driven under an influence of any kind. Well, back in 2019, there was a woman from Louisiana named Anisha Speed, and she was arrested after an altercation with a male companion. We got a picture of her mugshot. Put up her mugshot, Joel. There we go right there. There's uh, there's Miss Speed. Now, that happened in 2019. Only now has the case been resolved, maybe because of COVID slowdowns or something. I don't know. But she took a plea to avoid prison time. She got probation uh, and community service and a small fine. Question number one for you, Kate. What did Ms. Speed do to the male companion that caused her to get arrested? Oh, can we put the mugshot back up, Joel? What did she do to the male companion? I'm going to say... I'm going to say some errant item from home goods she hit him right in the head with. She shot at him with a 40 caliber handgun. He actually jumped out of a second floor apartment balcony to escape. And fortunately, he wasn't hit. So that's good news. Question number two. Why did Miss Speed shoot at the male companion? Um, Man, he looks pretty young. So uh, I think I think just for clarification, I believe that's the mugshot of Anisha Speed. Oh, okay. All right. Yes. Uh, I'm going to say it was a pizza delivery dispute. Why not? <laughs> All right. Fair enough. No, she shot at the male companion because he refused to perform oral sex on her. Wow. That seems like a, a disproportionate response. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe he's maybe he had a reputation. Maybe perhaps, perhaps maybe there was, uh, you know, some sort of bargaining agreement that we don't know about ahead of time that indicated that that was going to be delivered to her in some sort of way. Well, um, uh, I just think, you know, a, a more measured resolution might have been appropriate here. Apparently, they spent the day together. They went back to his apartment. She wanted him to go down. He declined. So she pulled out the gun. He took off. Police were called. She resisted arrest at first. Uh, and apparently to make this even like a little bit better, apparently she stole a shotgun and a PlayStation four from his residence when the police came and got her. So let me ask you this some bad dates, but that is, <laughs> that is rough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now here's, here's another thing about her. So earlier in the year, she was actually busted for battery on a dating partner. 
like in a separate incident. She pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor at the time. She was placed on unsupervised probation. So here's a question for you, Kate. Have you ever been denied loving by a partner and it angered you so much that it caused you to lash out like Miss Anisha Speed? No, I've never, I've never responded in anger <laughs> to someone not being interested in having any sort of sexual encounter at that exact moment. That, that is not something that uh, has been in my DNA before. No. And have you ever been with a male companion where you weren't in the mood and he said, well, the hell with this, I'm going to go pull out my gun. No, nobody's ever threatened to pull a gun on me for not wanting to have sex in any way. Uh, yeah, no, that's thankfully not something that I have ever dealt with or been on the other end of. Well, if you've ever seen the movie Sister Act with Whoopi Goldberg, I think that they need to get Anisha Speed into the convent. And I think that they need to get her focused on the choir for a while and keep her away from the opposite sex. That's just my opinion. Let's uh, move on to story number eight. And this was reported by Artnet. Are you an art person? Like, do you like art? Uh, I do. I Visual art is not my favorite type, but I appreciate some nice art. Okay. And what are some of your favorites? What are, what are your, I don't know if it's pieces or types or whatever. What are some of your favorites? Um, I actually, I love Egyptian era art. Of course, naturally. It was like all focused around like strong female um like kind of characters or, or centerpieces. I'm fascinated by like the kind of harsher aesthetics of it. So I, I like Egyptian era art. Interesting. Interesting. Well, there's an artist from Spain and hopefully I don't I mispronounce his name. It's Oriol Villanova and he turns postcards into art. He created a series called Old Masters where he installs four ordinary looking blue jackets in different locations. He puts postcards in the jackets and he allows visitors to come and find the postcards and look at them. So this is what this guy does. One of these jackets was on display at the Musée Picasso in Paris. You have a picture of the display, Joel? There it is there. So there you see the blue jacket right there. And he puts postcards in the jacket and then uh, people take a look at the postcards. Hey, art is art. And, and I guess people are into that kind of thing. Now, that jacket that you just saw, it went missing. Have any idea what happened to the jacket? I'm going to say that somebody was wearing a similar jacket to the museum and got them mixed up and just decided to wear his right out of the museum. You know what? That's not a bad guess. So that jacket was stolen by a 72-year-old woman who then decided, because of course she did, to go back to the museum a few days later. She must have, you know, forgot that they've got surveillance everywhere at museums. So she decided to go back a few days later. They arrested her. She confessed. They found the jacket at her home. And somehow in the span of just that few days, she actually managed to alter the jacket. She got it tailored and shortened the sleeves so that they would fit her. She claimed she did not know that the jacket was artwork. So almost like you're saying, I don't know, she saw the thing hanging and thought, hey, they're giving out free jackets at the museum today. It looks she, like every other blue jacket. Yeah. <laughs> hanging by itself on a wall, though. I don't know. But she claimed she didn't know it was art. She decide, They decided to let her off with a warning and they dropped the case. And what I thought was maybe the best part of this whole story, because you can understand Mr. Villanova was upset. And Mr. Villanova, you know, how could you possibly like interfere with my art? Apparently, because of the nature of the art, it was not insurable for the risk of theft, meaning it basically had no value from a risk perspective. So I'm guessing Mr. Villanova probably like went back to Walmart, got another blue jacket, <laughs> put the postcards in it and put it back up on the wall. 
Uh, I mean, no disrespect, but you know, that, that's just kind of what, I, what I'm thinking might, might've happened. How do you feel? You said you're an art person, but you like Egyptian stuff. How do you feel about the old master series with blue jackets, pocket stuff with postcards? Is that the kind of thing that would draw you to the Musée Picasso in Paris or anywhere else for that matter? Um, that type of art is not for me. I think it definitely has a place. Like a participatory art is something that does draw a lot of people in. That's not like necessarily my vibe. There's also like a piece of music that is just bars of, of silence. And there's always like a debate over whether or not that's actually a piece of classical music because no notes are played. I kind of find that stuff um, a little inauthentic. And I think authenticity is my favorite part of, of any art form. So it, it's not for me, but I understand that it has an appeal to some people. I just don't know if that's like, in my estimation, museum worthy art participatory art yeah fancy term well, thank you. so you think i think what they need is i think instead of that being a blue jacket up there on that wall that needs to be like a ring jacket there you and, go you know and and instead of postcards maybe they're like uh i don't know eight by ten photos or cards or something sport then then maybe that would have an appeal to, to people like us i don't know there you go. Maybe that's what it is. It's if the jacket had more, if it was a, a master's green jacket or something or, <laughs> or one of Jericho's crazy jackets, maybe then I would be it. Maybe it's there you not go. Like a niche enough jacket. <laughs> awesome. All right. Let's move on to story number seven reported by the times. Have you ever had a job that was really boring? You know, the kind of job where it felt like time stood still. Yes. I podcast with Sean. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> No, we're, uh, we're isolating this clip. We're isolating it. Um, no, I uh, I have a, a public relations background. And before I was out on my own, I was at various PR agencies. And uh, the lowest ring on the public relations agency poll is the most boring thing that you, you could be doing. And I was extremely bored and not very good at it because I was bored. <laughs> Gotcha. So what do you do all day? Like, are you just uh, answering emails or something? A lot of spreadsheet updating of like your media contacts and things like that. And um, a lot of, in, in my opinion, research that doesn't really go anywhere or feels disconnected from what an overall mission is in a lot of ways. Okay. Well, hopefully this next gentleman doesn't apply for a job like that. So there's a 60-year-old man. He was hired to be a guard during an art exhibition at the Yeltsin Center in the city of Yekaterinburg in Russia. He was employed by a private security company, and he was responsible for guarding the art. And I guess that the job, you know, it could get a little boring. You can understand, right? You're sitting there all day, kind of doing nothing. Could get a little boring. What did uh, this guard do to pass the time? Oh, God. <laughs> Did he pull up some adult materials? That's an excellent guess. Uh, <laughs> but what he did was he drew eyes on two of the figures in a painting with a ballpoint pen. Joel, you got the picture? I don't know if you can see it there in the back. Two of those figures said, there you go. There you go. Oh, my goodness. That looks more like a pencil, though. Maybe it's a black pen, I guess. It was, yeah, it was a ballpoint pen. 
So the painting is called Three Figures by Anna Leporskaya. It was insured for 75 million rubles, which is about 972,000 US dollars. Restoration was expected to cost around 250,000 rubles or about 32,000 US. They think it can be fixed without permanent damage. And here's the thing. So this guy was fired. Police opened up in a criminal investigation. But here's the thing. That happened on this guy's first day on the job. <laughs> okay, that there's no excuse for because I was thinking this guy had been there for a really long time and it was like he was in solitary confinement and was just trying to amuse himself the first day on the job and you're tampering with the artwork. <laughs> Seems bad. What kind of human being, your first day on the job, you think that you're you're going to be on your best behavior, you know, you're not going to take long breaks, you got to, you know, mind your P's and Q's, but he's drawing eyeballs on paintings with a pen his first day on the job. So I got to ask you, have you ever held any job for just one day? I don't think, no, I've never held, I've had some short stints, but never one day long. <laughs> <laughs> Never a one day job. No, I had a job where I knew on day two, it wasn't going to work out, but I, I hadn't departed it until about four months later. What? So you yeah. knew on the second day and you stuck it out for four months? Yeah, I just, uh, I was hoping like it would get better. And I also wanted to have something lined up for, for when I eventually left. But I, I knew on, on day two that I was like, this is not for me, which is a terrible feeling when you've been like interviewing. And I also graduated in, in 2009 and the economy was not good in the US at that time. So to have any job was like a really, really rare thing at the moment, especially at an entry level. So I was being as hopeful as I could, but I knew day two, I was like, this environment and I are not gonna drive at all. Wow. It was very, Devil wears Prada wannabe, um, <laughs> which is not yeah. like my vibe. <laughs> Got it. So Meryl Streep was not there. She wasn't. If she was there, I would have at least had something interesting <laughs> going on. But it was a lot of manufactured drama over. Um, they were a PR agency that worked with toy lines. And I was like, this is Angry Birds. Like, why are we pretending the world is ending about this? Like, let's. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I once had a friend who worked at a chicken farm, like at an egg producing chicken farm. And you know what they do to the chickens, right? Like they don't exactly uh, treat them as well as maybe they should. And it was a summer job. He got a mutual friend of ours, a job that needed a job. Come work at the chicken farm. So the first day, the guy goes to the chicken farm and our mutual friend's showing them, this is how you do this, this is how you do this. They like grab the chickens by the, by the talons, whatever. And he's in the middle of showing them something. And he turns around to tell the guy, okay, now it's your turn. Guy's gone. <laughs> he just decided to leave without saying anything because I guess the chicken uh, egg job just was not going to work for him. He just Irish goodbyed it. He didn't Irish it. goodbyed it. <laughs> I guess he couldn't find a chair and a blanket so that, you know, he didn't know of anything else to do to get to, to, to get out of the situation. You'll never see me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on to story number six reported by KFDM6 News. So Kate, have you ever experienced any kind of a burglary or theft? Um, not like in a break-in situation, but there were, I, someone attempted to mug me when I lived in New York, actually. Okay, I mean, I guess that's the place where that kind of thing would happen. So yeah. what happened? Like, did you, did you, you know, you, you, you discovered it and what'd you do? Like punch him in the nose or something? No, they had, uh, 
and it was at 8 p.m. and I lived in a really safe area. I had my headphones in and my cell phone in my right hand. And at that time, muggers were just going and ripping phones out of people's hands whenever they were exposed, which now is kind of hilarious with like the way that they've taken over society. Mm -hmm. Um, But I thought he was going after my purse. So I actually ended up in a way of protecting myself, keeping my phone and and elbowed him off. And because it was 8 p.m. and in a somewhat populated area, he just ran off. Uh, but he did mace me. It was terrible. I had to go to the the hospital or pepper spray. And like if, when you shower and have whatever pepper spray it was, it like activates everything. It was extremely painful. It was really, really rough. But and they caught the guy. I'm like one of the few people, I think, in that type of crime that I actually like did the law and order thing and went through the window and had to identify people. It was nuts. But the mugger maced you? The mugger maced me. Yeah, to I think, again, because it was in a populated area, he didn't want me to be able to see him, but I saw him. Wow. Wow. I was almost expecting you to to the next part of the story for you to say that he started yelling for help. Like, you know, I'm being attacked. (laughs) Well, I did say, like, I slowed him down, which is, I think, what ultimately helped me be able to see him. Um, But they, I guess, work, like, as a network of, like, you'll have, like, three guys or whatever. So he ran to basically like his safe person and made it look like he was chasing that person when the whole thing was coordinated. And then he went and committed another crime of the same type in like a doorman building in a lobby. Uh, after I had already called the cops like three blocks over. So they were wow. they were bad at it and they got caught. <laughs> I guess they really needed a cell phone. They were looking to play some Angry Birds or something like you were talking about earlier. <laughs> yeah, they really needed to play Fruit Ninja in that moment or whatever. <laughs> well, According to the Port Arthur Police Department at a Port Arthur, Texas, police responded to a residence after security video spotted a person running away from the area. He was dragging a lawnmower with him, but he abandoned it in an alley. They were able to identify him based on the surveillance as Marcus Hubbard. He evaded capture and at last word, he has an outstanding warrant. Kate, what makes the story interesting? Because so far, it sounds like kind of your typical story. Guys steal something, they catch him on surveillance, and now he's kind of wanted. What makes the story interesting? Uh, did you say lawnmower? Yes. Okay. Did he try and steal a lawnmower? Yes. <laughs> That's incredible. Was it a ride-on or like a push mower? It was a push mower. That makes it even weirder. Well, it gets a little bit better because what makes the story more interesting is that prior to stealing the lawnmower, Mr. Hubbard mowed the guy's lawn. Joel, you got the video? All right, so I'm going to talk over this. There he is pulling out the mower right there. Surveillance is catching him. He's taking it out the front. Oh, there he goes onto the lawn right there. And he's cutting the grass, Kate. My goodness. Now, in the security footage, Mr. Hubbard is seen, as I just said, entering the property, grabbing the lawnmower, filling it up with gas. He mowed the front and the backyards of the home before leaving the property with the mower. This has got, look at this guy. This has got to be the most considerate, kindest thief that I think I've, that I think I've ever experienced. And I got to be honest with you, if it was me, if I was this homeowner, I would want to tell Mr. Marcus Hubbard, I'll tell you what, keep the mower. You can have the mower. Just come back every two weeks and cut my grass. There it is. I can only assume he was trying to make it look like it was his mower and he was doing someone a favor. But like, 
in pretending to do that, he really did someone a favor. So the front and backyards. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that fascinating? That really is. That'd be like somebody stealing your car, but before they steal it, they wash it. They change the tires. They put, they give you an oil change all right there in your own driveway. So that guy got caught, which means the homeowner probably got his lawnmower back and he got a free, (laughs) he got a free haircut for the old Well, at last word, they hadn't actually caught him. So they identified him from the surveillance, but, but he had, he had evaded capture at last word. Maybe they have him now as we're doing this. But that's we what happened. Really and and like push mowers aren't worth a lot of money. You They're know what I'm saying? Really not. Yeah, that's no. weird. So I definitely, if, if if by any chance the homeowner sees this, and you won't, but by if by any chance the homeowner sees this, tell them keep the mower, just come back, you know, every couple yeah. of weeks. And then after that, it's all yours. Do with it what you want. That's it. Just come back on like a bi-weekly basis and we're good to go. <laughs> right, right. I'll provide the gas even. Yeah, I'll provide the gas. <laughs> All right, let's go on to story number five. This is reported by Fox 2 Detroit. What is your feeling on marijuana and the accessibility of marijuana? Like it's legal now almost everywhere. Do you think that it should be available at gas stations, corner stores, you know, lemonade stand type stuff even? What's your feeling on uh, marijuana and the accessibility of it? I think it should be legal with regulations before it turns legal, which is something that has gotten a little muddled, I think, in the U.S., there should probably, I don't know a lot about it because I, it's just not for me. Yep. Um, but I will say like, there should probably be some sort of certification process to make sure it's being done safely. I'm guessing an age minimum there's, I, I don't really know, but probably some sort of driving restrictions like there are for other controlled substances. So I think if it's something that people want to partake in, they should be able to do it, but there should be a protocol in place by people that are more knowledgeable than me about it uh, that have, have been consulted before it gets rolled out. All right. Well, there's a man in Detroit. His name is Marcellus Cornwell, and he was selling marijuana and pills out of his home. Kate Elizabeth, how did he get caught? Oh, man. How did he get caught? Selling to a cop? He had a vending machine outside his house. Julie, you got the video? Okay, here they are going up to the vending machine. He was making $2,000 a day running that machine right there. He'd been running it for four years. The thing accepted credit cards and even Apple Pay. (laughs) Look at that. They got it right out of the machine right there. Police found 18 firearms in the home after they, you know, discovered this vending machine. I think they did some buys out of it to make sure that it was legit. Found out, yep, he really is selling marijuana out of a vending machine. So they, uh, they, they stormed the home or whatever. They found 18 firearms in there, dozens of rounds of assorted ammunition, several kilograms of suspected marijuana. And Mr. Cornwell, I guess he's got a, a criminal uh, history. He's got previous felony convictions. And so now they got probable cause to charge him with a felon in possession of a firearm. So aside from that, what is the most unique thing that you have ever seen sold in a vending machine? Uh, in New York, there was a cupcake vending machine when I lived there. That was really, really fun. But when you would get one, like middle to end of the day, they were stale and gross. So the novelty of it was very fun. But the cupcakes themselves were not as good as if you just went in and got like yourself a freshly baked one. But that what was would pretty they- cool. You know how sometimes when somebody buys the item and then the thing is like coming out, it gets stuck? Yeah. <laughs> What would they do about the cupcake if somebody wants their cupcake and then the cupcake just kind of goes like this and now it's hanging there and there's like frosting all over the place. 
You know, like, I don't know if, if that works. Let me ask you this. Can you think of anything that they don't sell in a vending machine that you're aware of that maybe they should? Ooh. You know, it's funny. Like, I feel like they are in vending machines now, but like those last minute, like cell phone chargers, like you were saying, I feel like they, they're not everywhere, but like in an airport or Airports. whatever, there'll be like a, a Best Buy bin. Yep. I feel like headphones, cell phone chargers, all that kind of stuff, I think. Yeah, I like think they have the, it at the airport. Well, I, I was in Amsterdam one time and I came across a vending machine. The thing was the size of a bus and it had all these windows on, on the side of it with, with like hot food, like burgers and hot dogs and fries and everything. And I, I thought, oh, this is fascinating. You put the money in, you open up the little window and you get yourself a, a hot burger. And I thought, why the hell is this thing the size of a bus? And then we kind of looked past the little window. The kitchen staff was in the vending machine. They were preparing the food in the vending machine and then like putting it in the little windows as they cooked it. So, so it was that basically was a food truck, sort of a food truck <laughs> vending machine. That's what it was. Yes. So you're right. They do have them for almost everything. And I, and with all due respect to Marcellus Cornwell from Detroit, he's, he's, he's a Ford thinker. Yeah. You know what I mean, no, Ford he's an thinker. innovator for sure. Apple pay. Yeah. For God's sakes. So he's a forward thinker, but, uh, you know, the law is the law and, uh, and, and it is what it is. All right. We're in the home stretch after this, go to knowyournews.com or youtube.com slash know your news. And you can have our after show called three, two, one. We're going to discuss the final three news stories of the week. And again, go to kynchat.com, leave a contribution of any size and your question or statement will be read on the next edition of know your news tonight or on one of our other podcasts, including get the flick out of here. But now we're going to go to story number four, reported by the BBC. Have you ever been to Africa? I have not. So you know how you hear stories all the time about places like that where, you know, there's, there's some dangerous wildlife. You got lions and tigers and elephants and stuff. And you'll hear about rural areas sometime where there's attacks by, by these wild animals. You know, you've heard all that stuff in the news, right? Oh, yeah. I actually once listened to, it was a podcast on big game hunting. And they we're trying to show the upsides of big game hunting, which I had never heard before, which is what drew me to it. And one of the things was like, sometimes the big game that they're hunting is like one rhinoceros who's like trying to take over an entire village, which was really interesting to me. So very familiar with those news stories for sure. Well, there was a farmhand in a village in Kenya and he raised the alarm because he spotted a lion just outside his employer's home. So wildlife officials were called. They were told that there's a stray lion uh, that had been spotted. They came out to investigate. They were able to photograph it. Joel, do you have a picture of that lion that was hiding? Okay, there it is right there, hiding in the bushes. Now, what do you think happened next? So wildlife officials, they come to the home, and they're told there's a stray lion, and I just showed you the photo that they took of it. What do you think happened next? I'm going to say it was, not, it was either not alive, or that it wasn't really a lion and it was somebody dressed as a lion that was so, spying. So Kenyan wildlife officials, they cautiously approached, you know, because these things are not to be messed with. They're taken lightly. Yeah. They cautiously approached. The lion was directly below a window of the home. So they decided we're going to enter the home and then we're going to go up and open the window and then we can get a good shot of it from up above. So they go in, they open the window, and that was when they realized that the lion didn't have a body. And so they were able to figure out, and you, you had a good guess on this one. It was actually a shopping bag. Joel, you got the picture? There it is right there. 
Just I, a shopping, just one of those plastic reusable shopping bags with a face of a lion on it. Apparently, the homeowner kept avocado seedlings in it. And the farmhand was not aware of that, saw it hanging out in the bushes below the window, thought it was a stray lion. Now, despite the false alarm, the uh, Kenya Wildlife Service, they praised the public for raising the alarm. They said that you, know, you helped to mitigate a possible conflict. So they tried to look at the positive, even though, uh, you know, all those resources were utilized to come look at a shopping bag. <laughs> I mean, I think you want to be safe than sorry when you're dealing with a lion, right? So I definitely think that was the right call. And uh I just have never lived in a society where that would be an issue. I think very fun. <laughs> no, I mean, from what you're telling me, you'd have like a shopping bag with a mugger on it that's getting ready to run from you and mace you after uh, after he's unsuccessful. Evidently. But what was so weird was I was living on the Upper East Side of New York at that time, which is like a very bougie area. But I guess opportunistic uh, crimes like that are are what happened up there. But yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, I'm in Jersey now, so it would just be like, we've got diners and shopping malls. I don't know how you, that would be a threat to me in any way. So. Awesome. Well, go devils go. I want to thank Kate Elizabeth for joining us. Uh, Kate, tell the people what you're doing and where they can find you. Sure. You can find me, uh, at Miss Kate Fabe on social media, on uh, Twitter and TikTok. You can also find me on Instagram at Kate'sstagrams every Tuesday doing sour graps with Alex Pulaski, as you alluded to earlier, also doing the AEW rampage and SmackDown post show on Fridays with Sean Ross Sapp, uh, and the Mark order podcast on Wednesdays where we talk all elite wrestling. And now we get to do get the flick out of here on the know your news network, which is such a blast. It's so refreshing to be a, talk about something other than wrestling and B, getting to do it with the great people here at Know Your News. So, Awesome. Well, that's going to do it for KYN tonight. Head on over to knowyournews.com for our after show called 321. And we're going to talk about the final three news stories of the week. Kate, this was fun. Thanks a lot. Yes, absolutely. This was a blast. Thank you for having me.